Welcome. If you're listening to these talks when they first go out, then you're listening at the time when the old calendar year is coming to an end and the new year is just beginning. And this has always been a good time for looking back and remembering, remembering what God has done for us in the past. Today, therefore, we're going to be looking verse by verse and word by word at Psalm 124. My name is Keith Simons. I'm a Bible teacher from England. I present these talks on how to understand the King James Bible using the book of Psalms. So today, turning to Psalm 124, the ancient heading, a song of degrees of David. Degrees means upward steps. When God's people went to the temple, God's house in Jerusalem, it was on the top of a hill. It was necessary to walk uphill to get there. And many of the people went much further than up that hill. They went from across Israel to go there. And of course, all that distance, they would walk on foot and often uphill. And for that long journey, it seems that David wrote various songs which the pilgrims could sing. And we can imagine them joining with verse one as one singer sings out, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say. And then the vast crowd of people travelling with him would reply in force with verse 2, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick, and so on. So this is a song for that journey, a song which... It seems likely that a solo singer will begin and then all all the congregation, all the people travelling with him would join in that great response. In the middle there it says, now may Israel say. And I've understood that mean, to mean the call for the people who were travelling with the singer to join in the song. But Israel a lot of Christians would like to alter that. They'd like to change it to say, now may the church say, or now may God's people say. When we go changing words in the Bible like that, sometimes we come to the right conclusions, but we miss so much. This was a song that David wrote for Israel's people. This was a testimony of what God had done for Israel's people. A testimony to the Passover, when God set them free from being slaves in Egypt. A testimony to the Red Sea, when God brought them through the Red Sea with the walls, the water standing up as walls on either side. And the many battles, the battles for Cain and the battles when enemies attacked, the fierce enemies who surrounded Israel on every side, even at the time of King David. And David achieved victory over them. Or should I say, God gave David the victory over them 
because if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, then the enemies would certainly have won. If it had not been the Lord. If you look closely at that in the King James Bible, you'll see there's four words that are in italics, slanted type. It had not been. The meaning of that is that those words don't appear in the original Hebrew. And that's slightly confusing to us as we read the King James Bible, because if we miss out those words, we miss out the word not. If the Lord, who was not, sorry, I've inadvertently inserted a not into that, but the words of the King James Bible, if you miss out those words in italics, are if the Lord, who was on our side. What's going on there? Well, to understand that, we've got to look at the Hebrew and what that Hebrew word is, friv. It's a combination of two words. It's a word that means if and a word that means not. So that word if really is an if not. It's translated elsewhere in the Bible as unless, unless the Lord was on our side or except, except for the Lord who was on our side. When John Calvin came to this line, he translated it uh, as, when it's, his words are changed into English, as, but for Jehovah, who was on our side. So the meaning of this is that God was on Israel's side. God was looking after Israel's people. Of course he was. They were weak. They were weak when enemies surrounded them. They had no prospect of victory against Egypt's great army or at the Dead Sea or when Joshua led the people into Canaan or indeed at the time of David. Israel was too weak. It was God who fought for them. It was God who won their battles. And that is why we need to remember that this is first and foremost a song for Israel's people, because then the stories of the Old Testament become alive to us. God was working powerfully. God was defending his people then. And if he defended them then, then what about now? Does God still not look after Israel? And God, does God not still look after all his people? And cannot everyone who has the Lord as their God say with Israel's people, it was the Lord who saved us. It is God who rescues us. It is God on whom we depend. And then verse 2 repeats that first thought. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us. Rose up. That means that they stood up. They stood up to oppose us. If two men are, are drinking together and they get into an argument and they get into a fight, what's the first thing they do? They stand up so that they can fight, so that they can oppose each other. But men rose up against us, Israel's people say. The heathens, the foreigners, the nations round about 
opposed God's people. They opposed them fiercely. And Israel's people, God's people, would have been completely defeated except for God who was on their side. Or as Calvin put it, but for Jehovah who was on our side. Jehovah, the name of the Lord. Uh, we'll see in verse 1 and verse 2, Lord there appears in block capitals, which signifies to us the holy name of God, Israel's God, the name that should only be used for the true and living God, the God who in the last verse of the, the psalm created heaven and earth. Yes, this powerful God was supporting Israel, is supporting Israel, is defending them against these fierce enemies because they were fierce. Let's not imagine that Israel's people were or have ever been so powerful that they could defend themselves. No, those proud enemies, they would have, verse 3, then they had swallowed us up quick. They would have swallowed us up quick. Swallowed is describing a fierce wild animal, gulping down the animal that it attacks. They would have swallowed us up quick. That doesn't mean fast. It's the old-fashioned use of the word quick. There are some old prayers in Old English which refer to the quick and the dead, and the quick there mean the living and the dead, obviously, those who've died. These enemies would have swallowed us up quick. They would have eaten us like meat. What kind of meat? Well, there are some wild animals which only scavenge. They only eat meat from animals which have already died. And they look round for dead animals, and as soon as they see them, they pounce on the dead body and they tear from it the meat. They don't swallow those animals up quick, living. But there's other fierce, wild animals that kill and then eat. And uh, when an animal does that, well, it's harsh. It involves death, a death which needn't have happened. But nevertheless, uh, at least... At least the animal that's being eaten up isn't suffering. How terrible to be swallowed up quick. How terrible. It's only the most fierce wild animals of all that will eat their victim while that victim is still alive. Israel's enemies were like those most fierce wild animals that eat up their victim, while the victim is still alive. Such is the anger of those fierce enemies. When their wrath was kindled against us, says the psalm. There's a constant word picture going on for anger, wrath in the Bible, that it's like a burning fire. Their wrath was kindled. Properly, the word kindled refers to a fire when you start a fire but the Hebrew word means burning their wrath their anger 
was burning against us. They were so angry with us, so fiercely angry, that it was like a fire. And then the word picture changes as if the fire of anger isn't a strong enough word picture. Or these fierce wild animals swallowing their victim alive as if that is not fierce enough. No, a more terrible word picture is needed and appears in verse 4. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. When, when an animal, a wild animal, a fierce animal, attain, attempts to catch another animal, there is hope for that other animal. Maybe it can run away. Maybe it can escape. Usually, it will only attack one animal at once, and all the others can run away. But what happens when there is a terrible flood? That can destroy a whole village, a whole town, a whole nation. Those fierce enemies of Israel didn't just want to attack one person. They wanted to destroy the entire nation like a terrible flood. First four says, then the waters had overwhelmed us overwhelmed, overcome, completely covered us like a flood rushing in over us. And then to heighten the word picture it adds, the stream had gone over our soul. The word for stream there is the word for a wadi. A wadi means a dried up riverbed. In a lot of Israel, uh, the area becomes totally dry in the summer months. And the riverbeds dry up totally. And then when the rains come, the rains come and suddenly water flows through what was a totally dry riverbed. And you can see pictures of this on YouTube. You can see people watching with excitement, knowing that the waters are coming. And then the sound of raging water comes in and then the people have to move quickly or else they too will be caught up in this sudden flood flowing in. And where at the beginning of the picture, just a minute before, there was a totally dry riverbed. Now there is a river and it is running fast and it is running strongly. That's the sort of stream we're talking about. The stream had gone over our soul. So sudden, so violent, so terrible. The stream had gone over our soul. The word soul can simply mean a life. The stream took away our lives, it could mean. But soul also means our inner life. In fact, that's the the uh, better meaning of the word soul, our inner life, the life that's in us, even our relationship with God, our enemies wanted to destroy. They cared not for our bodies, those they had swallowed up as they, those they had swallowed up quick, alive in verse three. But the life of our soul, our relationship with God. All our hope, all our trust, this they wanted to destroy. 
Such fierce enemies, such proud enemies. Verse 5. Then the proud waters had gone over a soul. In the Hebrew, the word for proud really means boiling. Uh, You know how when you boil water in a pan or in a kettle, you get it up to the temperature where it truly is boiling and it starts to bubble and move around fiercely. And I suppose if you were stupid enough to fill a pan to the top with water and you were to take it to boiling point, that water, boiling water, would pour out everywhere. How terrible. Well, that's what the word for proud is describing here. And it's only by a word picture that it means proud attitudes. Yes, these enemies had proud attitudes, but it's also describing water and water bubbling over and causing havoc, causing terrible trouble. Remember where all of this began. It began by saying all of these terrible things would happen if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. All these terrible things would happen but for Jehovah who was on our side. Israel would certainly have been destroyed. Its people dead. It could have never existed as a nation. Indeed, Its people would have even lost their relationship with God if it was not for the Lord who was on their side. If God was not for Israel, then Israel's people would have been destroyed a hundred times over. That is the testimony of the Old Testament. That is the testimony to the preserving and keeping power of God the God who saves or rescues his people, the God who looks after them when their enemies are more powerful than them. So we must now kneel before God, praise God, turn this song of rescue into a song of praise and thanksgiving for what God has done. And Israel's people declare in verse 6, Blessed be the Lord, who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Blessed be the Lord. It literally means we kneel down to give honour to God, who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. It's that word picture of the fierce animal again, the fierce wild animal tearing apart its victim alive. God has not done this. God has not handed us over to them. God was with us. God was on our side. God protected us. The word for prey in the Hebrew really means something that is torn. They didn't get to tear us apart with their teeth. They didn't get to destroy us. No. God has rescued us. And verse 7 Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. All these word pictures for rescue here. Isn't it wonderful? We had word pictures at the beginning for how terrible the enemies are. And now we're on to word pictures 
for how wonderfully God's rescued us. Like when a fowler, a fowler means someone who traps birds. The Hebrew word is a more general word. It's a word for someone who lays traps. Um, and a bird is trapped by a snare. That seems to refer to a sort of spring net, a net which a bird wanders into and thinks it's safe, but there's a spring and the bird is trapped in it. Yet a bird might manage to struggle its way free and escape. And how suddenly that bird gets away. This bird discovers just a little break in the net or in the snare that's trapping it. It gets away, the snare is broken and we are escaped. How exciting to be set free. You know, all God's people today, all those who are truly God's people can declare that God has saved them, can declare that God has set them free from the power of the devil, from death and hell and the threat of death, from the fear of death. God is the God who saves and rescues his people and it's God who does it. It's not our skill. It's not our ability which made us escape. No, verse 8. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. The name of the Lord. The character of God. The character of the God who never changes. The character of the God who forgives his people. Who loves them. Who cares for them who defends them from their enemies, who is their fortress and their strength, a very present help in trouble, as another psalm says. So, as this new year begins, let us remember that our help is in the name of the Lord. Our help, even when we have troubles, even when we have enemies against us, we can always trust the character, the name of our God, Israel's God, the true and living God, the one who is always God, the one who by his power made the whole earth. Indeed, he made heaven, which is so much greater than the earth. It is in him we trust. It is on him we depend, both now and always. Please write to me, my email address, 333kjv at gmail.com. It's always uh, wonderful to receive a letter from someone across the world who tells me where they are and that they've been listening to these podcasts. Maybe you're right in today. Uh, I'd love you to do so. The email address again, 333 kjv at gmail.com and my name again is Keith Simons and here is the whole of Psalm 124. A Song of Degrees of David If it had not been the Lord who was on our side now may Israel say if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick 
when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us, the stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord, who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped, as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth.